As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. On today's episode of Android's Dungeon, confirmed multiple times over, friend of the show, Stefan Barrett, in the studio, talking like Shatner, lazy impressions, reef, civilization, secret Hitler? Who knows? Stay tuned. Welcome to CFRU 93.3 FM, broadcasting out of the University of Guelph, 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 Ontario, uh, Milky Way Galaxy, blah, blah, blah. You can listen to us on CFRU.ca, the world's greatest website, even even better for programmers now that you can have some fancy webpage you go to to volunteer, not volunteer, uh, book rooms, it looks different, super fancy. You can also check us out on Anchor, any of the Anchor affiliate websites, so uh, Google play what's the what's the google service again pod google podcast yeah is that just what it is spotify are we are we actually on spotify no wait, wait. yeah no, are we really yeah there we go we've hit the big stream <laughs> big streams what? i think you're on pocket cast too pocket that's what i was pocket trying to cast. say yeah. pocket Apple. cast and Apple, i, I itunes when we us. look at the views it's like yeah we got like 150 listens from google mm-hmm. and, and this from apple and whatever whatever somebody's we have thousand nine hundred yeah we're talking in millions. Yeah. Uh, like 90, 95% of our views are just from something called other, which nobody knows. I think it's having a hard time determining like... It's freaking what, out. <laughs> that or there's somebody who's got some weird sort of like Susumophone type device. Anybody with a VPN maybe. <laughs> Any with a, yeah, all our, all our elite hacker friends who just don't want to be identified. Yeah, listening to the show. Well, yeah, they don't want, they don't <clears> want people <throat> to know that they're listening. Uh, follow up to last week's show... Uh, we were doing the funding drive and the funding drive is now over and I want to do another quick shout out thanks to friend of the show uh, in, in who's actually supported the show financially more than almost everyone. <laughs> uh, Karen, you, thank you very much, Karen. Thank you very much for the 50% of funding. 50%. Wow. You know, <laughs> it's a nice little generous donation. And also uh, for winning the raffle, which got you a CFRU mug and a gift certificate to, <clears throat> the bookshelf so it might be difficult to use when you're in england well, she won the raffle yeah congratulations karen so we'll do our best to figure out a way to make this right but without further apu i have been zinged and i like it uh <laughs> stefan how are you doing i'm good man i'm good what have you been playing recently uh really secret hiller has been uh, <clears throat> top and foremost in terms of the games I've been playing recently. Uh, a coworker reminds. of mine's been uh, bringing it regularly, trying to rope in as many people. Well, hold it. hold on. This is the this is happening at camp. At work. That's right. Yeah, that's right. At work, uh, we're hard at work where I work, uh, playing Secret Hitler and uh, chess. Right, Joel. The Secret Hitler reminds me of that meme, you know, with the Obi Wan and he's in the desert. That's. What is it? That's a thing I've, I haven't heard of in a very long <laughs> oh, that's time. A name. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, a, that's a name I haven't heard in yeah. a No, that's a name long. I haven't heard in a very secret long time. Hitler, yeah. eh? So I wonder what Secret Hitler. You were Harry. promised lazy impressions that are going to happen throughout the show. <laughs> it, it, I feel like we're free or feel like we got to really just double down on the bad impressions for yeah. the rest of the show here. But so describe to, for the listener the what Secret Hitler is like. Well, for any listener that's ever played Resistance, you don't need this game described to you. It's basically <laughs> the same thing. Uh, you have the liberals and the fascists, yeah. and they're two separate factions, and uh, it's essentially the same as resistance. Uh, the fascists have a bit of a stacked board um, as you adopt policies which are handed out by the president to a chancellor. Um, uh, essentially, the, it, instead of missions, uh, like you would do in resistance, you, uh, you are the president, which rotates, uh, hands out the chancellor title, and then the uh, the rest of the players vote on whether yay or, or 
rather ya yeah, or nine <laughs> on uh, whether they want that person to be chancellor. If uh, once you get to a certain point of the game, if the chancellor is secret Hitler, uh, the game ends for a win for and, the fascists. And for the record, nobody knows who Hitler is except for Hitler, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, no. So the fascists know who Hitler is. Do they? But Hitler does not know who. His oh, the fascists. Fascist are. That's it. That's it. Know his supporters. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the only two people who know who the fascists are, or or however many players you have, are the the fascists. So they know who each other are, and they know who <coughs> Hitler is. Hitler does not know who his supporters are, and the liberals know nothing. Um, <laughs> so this this game is firmly in the the type of game we call intrigue and social deduction yep. and party and party and uh, depending on what sort of party you're into <laughs> and what how, what are your how many times you've played it Stefan? Uh, a couple times uh so three times over the last two days now is that was this your Ooh. first time playing secret hitler period uh, i was yesterday yeah oh interesting yeah and what are your general thoughts especially because you you've played resistance Yes. Um, did you do Avalon, or was it just the the sci-fi resistance? I've personally never played Avalon. Okay, so uh, I, I've I played the sci-fi resistance. Um, resistance my impression is it's a it's steps. a it's yeah. a fun game. Uh, it's more fun when you play with people you know, obviously, mm-hmm. um, because you know their tells. Um, their it's also fun to play with people you don't know, uh, yeah. where you're going in completely blind, um, and you really have to deduce a lot from people's behavior. But there's so many. Um, so many avenues for deception and and lying uh, and even accidental mishaps. You know, um, the most recent game I played, I was convinced that the person to my left was a fascist, and it turns out she just didn't really know how to play. So she was playing really <laughs> careful, and it seemed suspicious to me. <laughs> like careful, as in she wasn't doing what she was supposed to do as a liberal. Yeah. Well, so uh, there there comes a point in the game where uh, if you get to a certain point on the fascist track. The president can uh, can look at the so each player. Get, I'm sorry for jumping in and out here on these tangents, but each player gets um, two cards. So they get their face card, which is who they are. Mm-hmm. If you're a Hitler, you get that, and then you get your um, uh, your affiliation card. So mm-hmm. whether you're a liberal or a fascist. So uh, there's a power that the president can have at a certain point in the game when the fascists have advanced no on the track, where you can read the. Uh, <laughs> what did you, you can, say? No communists allowed. No communists. That's right. Yeah. That's right. They're liberals, basically, right? It's like, like <laughs> no fascists, um, but whatever. So uh, you can see the party, the president can see the party affiliation of a player. So in this case, this was a liberal player who was looking at uh, the card of another liberal player. And uh, an, an experienced player would have had no qualms, uh, basically, <laughs> revealing to people, yes, this person is a liberal. Uh, but she. Uh, she asked very specifically if she was allowed to not say anything, oh. uh, which made it really suspicious. And as the game went on, uh, uh, the other player was exonerated, um, and and it was clear that he was liberal. So um, at that point, everybody suspected her of being a fascist. The plot twist was that she had been quietly listening to what everybody around her had been saying, and by the end of the game, she had figured out exactly who the fascists were. Just based on holding on right. to the information? Yeah, well, one of them had a little Freudian slip where he was asking for clarifications <laughs> on the rules, and he said, okay, so if this happens, we win. Ah! And nobody caught that yeah. <laughs> except for her. So sometimes being quiet and careful dun, dun, dun. Classic slip up. Yeah. So, so if yeah, you, if what will you, you rate it? Yeah. Uh, I'd rate it a solid 7 out of 10. All right. Yeah. Now, do you, do you see it holding up, though, as uh, with something you would go to versus the simpler some, uh, game like Resistance, where it's just like, here, you, even though Resistance can be a little clunky, too, if you think about all the stuff that's in it, but I, I find Hitler's, Secret Hitler's, it's, it's added up another layer of it. Yeah, I think they both have their purpose. Like, they, they both have their, their place. Uh, if you're going to be looking for a party game to play with your little cousins at uh, Christmas time, you know, I wouldn't pull that one out. I'd probably go for Resistance. Daddy, what's um, a fashion? <laughs> I'll just tell you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I personally really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed all the different layers uh, of intrigue. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, it's, it's definitely more of a fleshed-out game than Resistance. Okay. Cool. So keep playing. Yeah, I'd definitely keep playing, yeah. All right. Joel, what have you been playing recently? Da 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 I've got it out in front <laughs> you love that. Uh, I got it out in front of you. I've got the new hotness. Well, maybe. Maybe it'll be maybe. like sort of a, a quick Christmas game. But this is Reef. So I, I've brought it in with me and it's out in front of everybody's looking at it, and there's a whole bunch of little clicky clacky 
uh, tiles, and there's some cards, and you're looking at a little bit of money tokens. And I think this is the second time we've had a game set up in the studio. Yeah, and it always goes perfectly. What was the first um, one? Was it was it Citadels? Uh, we played Coup. Coup, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So Coup. You, you've got your private hand of cards. So you can look at those, and I'll just quickly explain how the game works. So <clears> Reef <throat> uh, is a family abstract, and you've got a tile in front of you, which is uh, is a 4x4, four four, and you can place those little uh, little bits anywhere you like on that board, and then you can stack them on top of each other if you like. Uh, what you're going to try to do is score the points that are on the bottom half of your cards. So here I've got a card that says anything that's too high, any color at all, I'll get a point. Uh, and then there'll be ones that are a little harder to do. So this one is green. has to be green. has to be four high. Mm -hmm. And for each of those, I get five points. So you get more points the harder it is to do. The trick to Reef is that the tokens that you'll receive on the top will never help you with the goal on the bottom. Makes sense. So mm -hmm. you got to plan ahead. Uh-oh. So you say, well, I'll play these <clears> and score <throat> this, and then I'll play these and score this. So let's let's do a couple rounds. So see how see, see how this goes, okay? So first thing you can do at the beginning of the game <clears> is take look at your cards yep. and take your four starting of each color, which there are four colors, red, purple, green, and yellow, and you can place them anywhere you like on the map. Right. Let's go. So do you I'd have to start with one of each? Yes. Okay. Da, 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 da. Just so I'm putting my purple down on the, the bottom left. I'm putting my green uh, diagonally above my purple. Nice. I just uh, stack them on top of each other so that you know I can score some points right away. That's wild. And I think you're cheating. So I'm just going to do this. I'm going to put these two over here. Jack's doing a very elaborate pattern. I think he's trying to make something. I'm Is that a mermaid? <laughs> I could not be more lost. Um <clears throat> oh, so so that's a special one where it's uh, every red touching uh, your highest yellow stack will score two points. So if you had this here, then that would be touching your highest what yellow the, stack. What do the numbers in the bottom right corner of the card indicate? Uh, how many points you get for each of those Oh, that's the points value. Trigger. I see. So anyway, <clears throat> how do you know these guys that are you need to stack? Uh, it'll say a number on it. So it says like two plus or... A Otherwise, there's no number, no uh, Okay. So, so I gotcha. I, okay. So anyway, for those of you who can't see the game, uh, there's a little market row of three cards that you can choose from. Or if you don't like those, you can also take the card off the top. You can blind draw a classic. Oh, it's not a blind draw. Oh, wait, or is it a blind draw? Or do you Face <laughs> up. <laughs> but... If you really need that card off the top and you're desperate enough to grab it, you're going to have to pay. So you're going to have to take one of your hard-earned victory points and put it on the cheapest card out there. So hmm. in that case, I'm going to drop this victory point on the one and take a card. And I've completed one of the two available actions in the game. One is takes these cardsies yep. and then flip the next one. And the other is plays these cardsies, which would be where you would take one of these cards... Lay it down, take whatever it gives you, and then score if you do score. Mm. So I've done my turn. Jack, what are you going to do? Well, I'm looking at the, the cards that are available here, and uh, I see it makes sense to take this guy because it's going to help me in the long run. And a free victory point immediately. So I get a dollar just for doing that. I'm going to call points. them money. I'm not going to call them victory points. Because I feel like sure. in so this... you just take that for free? They look like rocks. Yeah. That, well, it's <clears> your yeah. turn. Okay, and and so then I play a card, correct? Well, it, you can either do one oh, or the Oh, you do other, one so. of them, I see. So then what happens to the top card here? Does it go into the stack and yeah. it goes over? And then the next one flips. And uh, the important thing to notice, note is um, the game will end when any one of these colors runs out. Oh. And we'll just see you as <clears> So it's kind of, kind of like container. Yeah, hand limit of four, and anything in your hand can score at the end, but only one pattern so you can't just do like well i have four of these four so i guess score 20 points you can only score it once oh i see what you're saying Stefan, what do you think what would you like to do uh you can't go wrong Stefan. i certainly can um well i believe in you i will take so i can take one of these cards and take whatever little tokens are at the top no if you take the card that's it 
if you play the card, then you play the token, oh, you play take the and card. play the tokens, and then score. So for say, I was thinking it was like you had to get, got the option to do both, and the turn I was like, oh man, the game would fly. Yeah, tomfoolery. So uh, as Stefan is making his decision, I'm just going to give a quick sum up of what I think of Reef. Sure. Uh, it's a fantastic game. It's very light, uh, but obviously heavy layers of strategy. You can mm-hmm. already see Stefan's brains are turning like the cogs of the little red <laughs> reef pieces <laughs> and he's figured something out and he's gonna try Not at all. I've, I've, I've no idea what i'm doing <laughs> I, I drew a card i don't oh. know so you took the top Perfect. card stefan yeah so that costs you money baby you gotta pay oh one all rock right. so, does, it, so does everyone start with the uh, three bucks yeah everyone starts mm. with three bucks so they do have the option to do this three times okay uh what Harry said is that... I feel like I that, drew the, the, the two worst starting sets. No, that's wrong. You're just playing poorly. Yeah, you're that's just... probably right. You're just bad at Reef. <laughs> you're so. bad at the game we just ambushed on you. <laughs> so, in summation, here I'm going to play... Um, play a card. It's going to get me two tokens, <clears throat> which I'm going to immediately drop on top of each other. So, when you, when you play a card for tokens, it's up to you to put them wherever you like? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm gonna play this card, or sorry, I've played this card, and now I'm gonna. You can cash the in the money. Bottom. So yeah. for every stack I have that's too high, I get a dollar. Woo! Three bucks. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty pretty good. And you just continue that way until uh, until this pile runs out. I'm just gonna do one more turn, then I'm yeah. gonna go back to this other thing. So keep talking though, Joel. So the game is light. The game is fun. I would recommend it as sort of a if you're playing with people that aren't gamers, or if you're playing with say um, some Stephen. kids. It, it, it really it looks like a kids game, doesn't it? Oh, it's a, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it was really hot in Gen Con. Uh, it's kind of picking up steam right now, and. Jack, you were saying it's sold out now? Yeah, so in case people weren't aware, it was recently supposedly the, the biggest shopping day of the year, uh, or at least one of the big ones with the U.S. Black Thanksgiving. Friday. Black Friday. Canada tries its best. We, we do our darndest. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that cute? Yeah. And we'll uh, have a sale. We'll have some sales. And Canada's Black Friday sales typically revolve around, um, we'll, <laughs> what are, what's taxes, but 14 15%? And <laughs> we're we're going to take 14 15% off of an item, and you're going to thank us for it. And, and occasionally yeah. there are bigger sales. Like uh, so, I don't want to slap it's, talk. Uh, Stefan, what's the origin of Black Friday? <laughs> I don't. Well, you told uh, my researchers have failed me for this episode. Uh, <laughs> not not too sure. I I'm pretty sure it's just a way to get rid of inventory no one wants. Um, at least that's what it is in Canada, as far as I can tell. Free Christmas, yeah. I mean, the sales were pretty sad as far as as game websites go. I hope, hopefully, you guys went on and picked something up. Uh, if you did try to pick up Reef, I'm sorry because I picked up two copies, and then a friend of mine tried to get on about 30 minutes later, and they were all sold out. Yeah, it was it was definitely hot, and it didn't help that uh, or didn't help hurt that 401 game is one of the, the biggest game websites and places in Canada was doing a big blowout sale on yeah. a couple of things and I wasn't knocked down by their selection but there were a couple of classics in there that was that was made it worthwhile now I had to draw another card yep uh, so does that mean I put another token on the only if you take it on? from the top of the deck oh, okay all right cool. oh, look, we're just gonna keep on playing hopefully we can keep it running and we'll give you a little little uh, synopsis of what we thought <clears> at the <throat> end but I'm sold. Uh, literally, because I bought two copies. Um, and I'm hoping to play this with my family when I get home. Um, but I will tell you that uh, as far as the game goes, and me, personally, I am terrible at this game. There's something about uh, spatial awareness games, and I, I usually I pick on tile placement, but anything where there's like sort of a puzzle in front of me, yeah. kind of like Tetris, yeah, yeah. Dr. Mario, anything like Dr. that. That I suffer and I just get absolutely creamed by everybody that I play with. It. You feel the same way, or are you just kind of the Carcassonne champion over here, Jack? I don't know. It, the spatial awareness stuff does not bother me, it, and I like I like the idea of root building, which is sort of what this game is in a sense of it, you're basically this could be a city building game, which is going to tie nicely into I think uh, two of our uh, next sort of game chat here is that you're basically building up 
uh, areas of your city as it goes, and you're getting more pieces to build these skyscrapers, and you're saying, okay, we'll score how big this building is or what color this building is as you're going along. So it could, you could have rethemed it to something really dry, like a city building, but instead we get something kind of cute and colorful and bright, like, Ando Dussi, and this yeah, is... Actually, somebody was saying that uh, <clears throat> when, last time we played it, is this, this looks like, uh, what was that really popular kind of cog-based game? Really recently, really popular. There was a Noria, I think that's what it was called. Was no Gizmos. Gizmos. Mm-hmm. So Gizmos just came out, and it's also kind of hot right now. It's so hot and right now. John was saying that they should have just made this a, a machine building game because the coral doesn't <clears throat> look like coral, and he was upset about that. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's I not really s- future proof, too. I mean, in twenty years, who's going to know what coral is? <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have a bunch yeah, of white pieces. This will be a, a history <laughs> game. Crushes in your fingers. No. Remember when there were reefs? No, not at all. It's a, it's a good point, though, but it gets into theming in that I, I would take this theme, even though I'm the wrong person to talk to, because if you, like, the old joke is, you sell Jack a game, do you want to trade cubes in the 16th century? Yes. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. So, yeah. to me, this is just, like, if you're walking in the store and you see this box right there, I think it's going to grab a lot of eyeballs. and It's, like, it's the, bright, it's colorful. It's bright, it's colorful. It might scare away it the grog next guards, move, so you're thinking, looks, ooh, it looks Azul, like the, too. The, yeah. It looks like the, the cover of... Rayman Legends. That's yeah, it it's the same yeah. color scheme. Same Lots colors. of blues and yeah. some oranges. And uh, anyway, look, look yeah. very cute. And I think you could probably, based on the theme alone, keep this. Like this could be in like every classroom, based yeah. on like, the couple of rounds I've played. That well, and and most importantly, I mean, this seems like the kind of game with very <clears throat> few opportunities for lost friendships. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, it is a bit like multiplayer solitaire. You could hate buy something off the lineup that you can see somebody scoring a lot for. But aside from that, you're basically playing on your own. It, yeah, yeah, I think it's it's probably maybe because I've only played two rounds of it. It's it doesn't seem to me as easy to determine. Like in Azul, for example, when somebody clearly needs these colors right here, yeah. where it's like, okay, I didn't hate by this, but I don't know what they've got in their hand unless I'm being Rain Man over here and remembering <laughs> everything they've held on to. And then they yeah. like, but then we get into this conversation about once seen, always seen, and it's like, well, I I saw that card originally. I should have written it down <laughs> optimally. Why? Are you... Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that gets that's get got me in this game. And so you're talking about well, it's hard to plan ahead for or to see what people are planning but it's actually just really hard to plan ahead yourself yeah and you you'll find that later in the game all of a sudden you run out of space and you can't actually uh make the patterns that you want to score so uh, just without belaboring this too much it's like i'm looking at some of these things here so this one for example it's saying you need three three yellows in a, a diagonal pattern yeah so that can be any height but that can be any height. But you do cap out at four. You can't build okay. after four. But theoretically, if you are just playing this game haphazardly, you could end up in a position where you're not scoring anything. And you're just, yeah. oh boy, I like stacking plastic on a cardboard board. Exactly. And another cardboard important board. thing to know is that you can't re- you can't use a cog twice. So even though you've got it this way and this way, that's great. But you can only score one of those. Interesting. Well, I think right away I'm going to say this is a very cute game, and I'm looking forward to uh, maybe sitting down a little more yeah. intently. Yeah, I'll, I'll happily give it 9 out of 12 uh, preservation, conservation areas, desperately writing articles <laughs> trying to save the reefs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll take it. <laughs> How about you, Jack? What have you been playing lately? Um <clears throat> I'll do. Uh, I'll be greedy, and I'll, I'll give two. I'll talk about two teams. Two. So the first one is most related to the show, and that's um, a game that just came out. Well, not came out, but it's it's been out for a little bit, but I just managed to grab a copy of called Welcome to Centerville, and it's a GMT uh, abstract city-building game, and it kind of ties into the whole reef thing a little bit. But the it's a dice-based game, which is going to scare some people away, but you can really mitigate the dice, and there's so many different mm. ways to get points that it's, you have to be doing badly not to get points. Like you have to be actively sabotaging yourself. And you have this neat little board, and you're chucking dice all the time, and you have the opportunity to re-roll them up to three times each. And you're trying to get... It's kind of like... A, if I had to sum it up, it's like Race for the Galaxy meets Urban Sprawl. Hmm. Um, and that's... And maybe with a with a dash of uh, area control stuff there. Um, or not Race for the Galaxy. Roll for the Galaxy. Speaking of Urban Sprawl, quick shout out to a, a very handsome gentleman. I, I'm not sure who it was, but uh, gave me a copy of Urban Sprawl for my birthday. Very exciting. It's a, my first... Baby's first GMT game, which is a big deal. <laughs> if you know Very anything nice. about GMT, you know that they do not make fun games. <laughs> And by fun, I mean friendly-like games. But they are very fun to people like me and Jack. 
but they take themselves very seriously and uh, often rightfully so. I'd say I haven't I haven't played a, a lot <clears> of their <throat> games. This is the well. Those this are is actually the only only the second GMT game I've picked up. But one of the games that you might have heard of um, is one that we very nearly played last weekend, which was Here I Stand. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then opted for the much simpler civil, mega civilization. We'll, we'll get to here I stand in, in uh, after the musical break. But Joel's Joel's right and wrong at the same time. I don't have wrong queued up on this trigger board. Wrong. wrong. <laughs> there we go. That was awesome. Um, so GMT is kind of like if you go into a game store, there's going to be a section of this store. Uh, if they're worth their salt or even the hobby shops, I think might even have their stuff there. And it's like, it's the part of the usually tucked away somewhere that not on a main aisle because the average person doesn't want to look at these games and they're all the covers are so dry. Oh, the cover, the covers make you want to read a book about military <laughs> history. <laughs> it's cause it's, they're all these very dense games, usually set in a very specific theater of war. And they're, they're they range from all sorts of different mechanics, Keep but they, talking. they're all about Basically, do you have chits? Yes. Do you have a board with hex guns on it? Yes. Do you have cards? Yeah, maybe. All right. We got a game, folks. And it's <laughs> about recreating these games. And they're semi-historical simulations. Uh, other types of games are a little more abstract, like the coin series, which are recreating famous moments in history, like Vietnam War, the uh, 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 the fight with the FARC rebels in Colombia, and uh, going wow, on. that's niche. <laughs> it's, we're getting specific <laughs> Does here. the game take more than four hours to play? Uh, Could. It might. Then I'm sold. Andy and Abyss? Yeah. I'm not sure how long it I think take. you've got, uh, it's like, the I know you, Stefan. You've got play. Leonardo DiCaprio. I know you've got, you've got, you've got military, you've got, got long play attention. time, you've got strategy. I'm sold. I know you sold. play Stefan. Believe me, you're. that's why you're usually on the top. Like, if I had a Rolodex of people to, like, trick, I mean, uh, invite to play these well, bigger games. if I had somebody to challenge in Twilight Struggle, I think I'd, <laughs> I'd call Stefan up. Oh, I think you'd love Ste- Twilight, Twilight Struggle. is probably their most legendary. It's a one-on-one Cold War game with the U.S. versus The Russia. fact that there's actually tournaments of it, too, is is something yeah. else. Because you don't hear too many games that people actually take the tournament seriously. And yeah. you have guys breaking the strategies. Like, there's this Chinese player that showed up out of nowhere, <laughs> and he just was destroying the game. And people were saying, how is he doing this? <laughs> and just trying to figure out how to defeat his mate. But anyway, we've gone off on two tangents, so I'll bring yeah. it back to Jack. So first, we went to urban sprawl and then we went from urban sprawl to gmt so back to urban sprawl very cool looking game but i've only played two ro- you think it's cool looking? two rounds <laughs> where i've forced my wife because it was my birthday <laughs> yeah. to uh to pick it up and play two rounds but it is basically a long-term sim city yeah uh and then yours uh you described as urban sprawl jr it, it, urban sprawl jr is probably the safest way to say it it's it's urban sprawl is a neat game but it's very dry and it's ugly as sin. I'll, I'm the first to admit it, but it's a cool game. Yeah. And you might have a collector's item on your hand, Joel, because I, I don't think it's been super successful for GMT. So the uh, odds, when it gets reprinted, might, might be, uh, you know, it'll be a bit. Anyway, so Welcome to Centerville is a lot prettier. And it, because of the dice, it's a lot faster. And it, it flies by. You've got, uh, you're just chucking dice and you're trying to build sets of the dice. So the more actions or the more of some, as one symbol you've rolled, the better that action is. And it allows you, opens up further avenues to do cool stuff so you're trying to maximize your roles in different ways to increase mo- other roles you can do get favors and stuff so i'm not going to dive into it too much because it's kind of complicated but it's simple when you play it mm-hmm. my only issue is that when you play it two players the game says okay use this bot and as soon as i hear bots like ah, ah, i don't want to i don't want to worry about this yeah i hate the reason I, I'm playing two players is because I don't want to have a third player. Like I, I either don't or I don't <laughs> want to have a third player. You got to manage it, and a lot okay, of times, hold on, we got to stop playing, and then we. Gotta... Well, that's it. So a lot of times, it's like okay, you've just basically it's a just like playing, let's say, um, King Domino. You can play it two players, but you're basically faking two extra players on top of it. It doesn't. It's it's a, just call it a four player game, whatever. <laughs> Um, but in this case, the bot is, once you start to, once you figure it out, it is intuitive. Like it's easy to do and it's just, but it's when the, when your turn is so fast and when player two's turn is so fast and you get to the bot and you, you basically push up your glasses a little bit and you pull out this <laughs> chart and it's got this, it's not as bad as like, if you ever look at going back to GMT games, they're very good. Like their bots are very good, but they've got bloody flow charts yeah. of what to do in all these good situations and all games. to handle it. Yeah. So with all these games, like their coin games, for example, they have these, you can play it by yourself and have three bots going in the background. And so it's like, well, why Good am I not Lord. just playing a computer game at this point? I did that in yeah. Risk Legacy when I was trying to hit my 10 by 10. Were you, weren't you just playing it by yourself? Actually, though? they were all bots. Yeah. How did that work? <laughs> I that said, this guy plays super aggressive. <laughs> this guy plays super defensive. And I just gave them like preconditioned so you rolled, like, AIs to uh, them. decisions to them. Yeah. That's fascinating. 
Anyway, the bot, that's my only criticism is that the bot slows the game down in, in a way that, and I was looking, I was thinking about it after and thinking, what did this contribute to the experience? It, it denses up some space and like it creates, it creates some scarcity and there's these political offices that it could theoretically take them from you. So it's kind of like, oh, threw a wrench in my plans. But I was thinking this could easily have just been like, just ditch the bot and we could just do this two player and it's going to be loosey goosey and it's going to be a little, little easier, but I don't think I'm losing any sleep over it, but Anyway, so welcome to Centerville. It's um, I think it's overpriced too for what it is. But if you are looking for a neat, if you like city building games and you've already played Subdivision and uh, Suburbia and um, some of the other types of games, maybe you could do worse. Let's just say that. But pick and it up on sale. Monopoly Tycoon. Monopoly Tycoon, which is not a Monopoly Classic. game. But uh, anyway, so the second one I'll say before we go to uh, music is have you have any of you guys ever played steam world Mm-mm. started on 3ds ported the pc it's a side scroller game kind of like uh you play as a robot and you're digging through the ground you're grabbing gems taking them back to the surface selling oh, them, upgrading your stuff games. dig dug i was gonna say it's it like, dig exactly dug. like it's dig obviously dug, inspired yeah. by dig dug and but it's got this charming personality to it all the the animations and the graphics are this cartoony but everything it's it, it's light and fun but the emphasis on fun because it's just like a game that doesn't take itself too seriously and it knows how to balance the gameplay and if anything it's on the easy side in fact it's quite easy but um i've been i played through the first one completely they made a like a spiritual sequel called steam world heist which is the best 2d xcom game i've ever played <laughs> in fact i'd play steam world heist over xcom 2 any time of the day if you made me choose then they made a sequel to steam world called steam world dig 2 and I've been playing that a little bit lately, and it is absolutely adorable. Everything that they uh, you liked about the first game, they've made it better, and nice. it's I cannot recommend these games enough. And they're so inexpensive, and they go on sale so so often. So here's my little shill: like if and the, you get them on GOG, so wishlist them on GOG or Steam, and it's an official Android's dungeon, hundred percent. Official endorsement, uh, Android Dungeon approved. Just uh, like Command and Conquer, <laughs> with, with uh, handheld or whatever. I don't remember, Joel. I oh, the mobile <laughs> game? We revoked the endorsement. <laughs> well, not officially, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I just uninstalled the game. Oh, <laughs> so there it is. Wait, did Was we actually... it to make space for Diablo Immortals? <laughs> <laughs> There's only room for one. Another franchise-killing uh, mobile I game. Throw, I could throw down a mobile game endorsement for oh, Mon- really? Monument Valley. Very short. I think it was about six dollars uh, originally, but it was on game. sale for ninety nine cents. So I picked it up because it was in <clears throat> House of Cards, and uh, yeah, the president was playing it a lot. And he, look, he seemed to be having fun, and that product placement obviously worked. No because kidding. I picked it up. It's only, I think, ten levels, so it's a fairly quick game. It only took about four hours to beat, but uh, kind of very cute and and fun, just like a little puzzle game. Can you replay you can play on your phone? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And the thing is, is that it is what we we hope mobile games will one day be, and that is you buy the game and the whole game is in it, and then you play the game and then you're done. Dream on, Joel. Instead of in-game content. Microtransactions, boxes, microtransactions. are here to stay, my friend. <laughs> well, it's like, this is what we were talking, we're not going to dive down this hole too much, but it's just like, at least when you pay with, with console games, if you're slapping down close to 90 bucks after tax for a game, the last thing I want to see is someone trying to sell me more stuff as soon as I turn on the game or I'm yep. playing through it a little bit. Absolutely absurd. I will say two of the best games I've played this year uh, gave me some hope, at least. Okay. You know, outside of mobile games. Okay, which uh, games? For, for AAA games. Red Dead Redemption 2 uh-huh. and Spider-Man. Now, before you say anything about Spider-Man, Red Dead Redemption's online just was has been announced, or is it on? Can you I, get it right now? I think it's about... To go, I had to download a big patch last night. So I don't know if you can still say anything about microtransactions now that Red Dead Redemption dun, Online dun, is in. Yeah, maybe maybe some cosmetic microtransactions, but as far as I can tell, there's no uh, I want a cool no hat. loot boxes yeah. or anything like that. You know. But Spider-Man had nothing. Uh, as far as I know, that's right. right. Other than maybe some DLC. That's fine if it yeah. if it's it's DLC and no one's yeah, shoving it down time. my throat yeah. and yeah, no need really. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty to unlock. Nice. All right, music time. We'll be back talking about a boot, Civ, and definitely not talking about Here I Stand. Stay tuned. (laughs) ¶¶ 
Back to CFRU 93.3 FM. What you just heard was Ab- Abusi Junction, We Out Here by Coco Roco. 14 million views slash listens, because I don't know who's viewing this. From Poco Loco. Uh, we were having a little discussion about the image, the or the or where the band is from. We know nothing about them, so this is all pure, spe- this is pure speculation. But it looks to me, uh, based on the, what people are saying, some sort of Spanish <laughs> Spanish place, even though the picture yeah. we were all thinking kind of was like, kind of reminds us of a uh, sort of Asian, Korean or Japanese sort of uh, side villa. Yeah, Turns exactly. out we're all wrong. They're a London based 
London-based Afrobeat. Band. Well, so we got go. hosed by the the <laughs> Brits. We yeah. out here, and then that's English. But then Kokoroko is like, what are you guys? Yeah. They're actually Nigerian. So. Well, there we go. Yeah. Anyway, Kokoroko, it's uh, that's I liked it. It's very chill. Um, so before we uh, left for a music break, we were talking about Root and uh, city building games, and uh, we also were mentioning something about GMT. And uh, GMT was the is the company that published Here I Stand is the company that published Here I Stand, which is this. We were talking a little bit on last week's show about recreating. Speaking of historical situations, recreating the Reformation, and we were going to play that this weekend. But I think we all came to the right conclusion that maybe it wasn't the best time to launch a new game no one's played before. That can be quite dense when it's Joel's birthday and. Uh, literally no one has played it before and I don't think anyone read the rules except maybe Joel (laughs) if the goal was fun we were we would have playing it fast and loose we would have had fun I guarantee it it's just how quickly we got to the fun could have taken a couple hours yeah (laughs) anyway so we we got away from here I stand and went instead to uh, an old standby quick which is fine with me if if I can say we played Mega Civ again (laughs) we're doing something right (laughs) a light fun party game so, Stefan, as the my, guest, yeah, talk my, about Mega Civ. I How mean, many I, times have you played it? Well, uh, or Civ in general? Well, okay, so one advanced Civ game, okay. and that was my third Mega Civ game. You're already on three? Yeah. Wow. Aren't so I? you've played four games. Four games. Yeah. Were you there in the, for the first game? I was. Yeah, yeah okay, cool. I was, where, I was there, f- so the first game at your that place. Place. yeah, yeah. And then there was the one at the cottage. Yeah. Yep. And then there was the one this weekend. Yeah, yeah. And I am... So stoked for the January one. I don't know if I'm teasing something the, the <laughs> no, show doesn't know about. but wait, We're going to make some more formal, uh, I guess, announcements yeah. or something, but not but, a big deal. Absolutely uh, madness. By far, I would say, and I hope it's not too bold to say, but I would say it's my favorite board game of all time. Oh! Woo! Yeah, yeah. There we go. I know. I know. I know. Which, I mean, I'm um, right there with him. Which, I mean, Joel knows it's really... It's a big statement because it's a plant's diplomacy, which yeah. I talked for way too long last time I was on the show. So, <laughs> well, we um, can mention some. Well, that's why it took you so long to come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ban uh, the diplomacy talk. So, I mean, Mega <clears throat> Civ. Which 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 Civ were you? Uh, so I came back full circle from uh, my first advanced Civ game and my first introduction to the the Civilization game. Uh, I played as Hattie. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, as a six-player game, we I, I basically only had one neighbor, uh, which was Hellas. Uh, normally, Hattie is sandwiched between Hellas and um, Assyria, but we didn't have any Assyrians playing. Mm-hmm. I think you had a pretty relaxing time up in that corner. Pretty relaxing, although uh, the the Minoan player decided to go full uh, full aggro very <laughs> oh. early on in the game, uh, which was unexpected. This is the first um, time Manoa hasn't won. That's right. That's right. Which yeah. is shocking because well, it was a total new event. Well. It was like the impossible. Well, it was like you had a really Manoa was supposed to always have a really rough start, yeah. and if he again, and I think as the game goes on, I think people are going to be way more aggressive with the like if you're playing on the knife's edge like i was all it takes is like you've lost two people there goes the city can't support it and especially when noah with like there's so you you need so much space so all it takes is somebody just like like curtis grabbing a boat and just bringing a bunch of uh yeah iberia did uh yeah a really surprise move uh tried to invade somewhere where he was nowhere near (laughs) tried to help you out i mean like astro navigation (laughs) kind of gets you like four moves from anywhere yeah um, it also puts it like makes everyone look at you real he, he was yeah, jumping on Manoa so I guess that kind of uh, took some pressure off of you for a bit yeah and off of Jack really I yeah. mean uh, su- surprisingly uh, Iberia got astral navigation and did not go anywhere near Carthage So now this one <clears throat> made a much slower game but what do you guys think about um, quick summation just in case anybody forgot you need to play six tokens or worker human tokens on a territory in order to convert it into a city if it's a fertile territory now there is a way that everybody knows of but basically is trying to be friendly where you can place two tokens on that spot afterwards kill one of their units and then they don't make a city and then they drop down to their population limit in the area right, right? it's a very common um way to stop someone from making a city but in our games we're all trading with each other at the end of the round, so it's really hard to 
be aggressive against someone. I mean, uh, for example, Jack and I, who did quite well in the game, never once made a move against each other. Uh, what do you guys think about, like, if you were to take this game and you were calculating very seriously because you very often have a few surplus units sitting around and you see somebody over there and they're just about to build a city, what's what's wrong with taking those two people and just dropping them and ruining their city? I think what's wrong with that, you've already kind of touched on it. Yeah. What's wrong with that is you're, you're uh, ruining what could be a lucrative trading relationship. And when you're playing that kind of game and when the number of cities fluctuates widely, especially when you get to the mid game, you know, once people start to have five, six cities and they're starting to draw those five, six, seven calamities, which can be pretty brutal, um, you kind of want as many people as possible to want to trade with you, right? Because mm. you don't want to shut somebody out from trading with you that, you know, maybe got lucky with calamities and all of a sudden they're up on top and they've got the... But the on the other hand, want. everybody needs to trade. Uh, why should you just because somebody invaded you, uh, stop trading with them. Well, that's what I was going to say more, is that I don't see it a risk as a trading relationship, because I think at the end, like, people's memories are very short, I think, in Civ, <laughs> yeah. for certain things. And because that, you get your butt pummeled so much by these Exactly, guys. and it's like, so it depends on, like, how nasty was this move? <laughs> like, how badly did you screw things up for me? And But it's also, I got a bunch of cards here, I'm doing really good on a set. I say, like, oh, who's got some more cloth? And the the person who I, I'm in a fight with here says, I got the cloth. Like, Whatever, I need that cloth. So <laughs> but it, yeah, you're going to do it. Yeah, I think maybe outside of trading, um, there's also, I, we had a situation where, like I said, our Minoan player was very uh, aggressive. Um, and I basically teamed up with my neighbor, uh, Hellas, and we basically... You know, agreed. Hey, this Minoan guy is getting pretty aggressive. Let's yeah. uh, let's put him in his oh, place. Oh, did you make an actual and agreement about that? Yeah, we did. Wow. And you know, um, it it actually kind of helped me because him being aggressive against me spooked my neighbor, um. and now my neighbor was really pretty chill about me expanding quite close to him. Right. Because he thought, well, he's not going to come after me because he's got this guy to worry yeah, about. Yeah, so, yeah. so sometimes it can have some unintended consequences to be pretty aggressive. And I remember the first <clears> game <throat> we played, we had. Uh, <laughs> We had a gentleman who tried to be very aggressive, and it certainly didn't go well, well for him. I was going to say that is that anytime somebody gets locked in a combat like that, and instead of focusing on recovering from the many, yeah. many calamities that hit them, mm-hmm. uh, is is inactive war, they suffer, and their score reflects it. And that being said, on the flip side, uh, I benefited my the game that I won, the second game as Manoa. I benefited from peace. But you had, yeah, exactly. Because people what should I'm have been more aggressive in peace containing me. Lives leads to civilization. <laughs> yeah, it, it, so so there is a flip side, especially with <laughs> Minoa, which happens to be in a very fertile area. Joel and um, I have talked about this like, yeah. so many times since yeah. that game, just about yeah. how frustrating it was. Like, and look, I could have been doing something. I had enough problems on my side. Every one of your neighbors is to blame for you winning that game. And it was right. insanely frustrating yep. just because it's like, he's right there. You can literally move your people right into there. I'd have to get extra navigation. I have to like literally go across the entire ocean just to like try to screw with you. And it's like, yep. And both screw games, it. I mean, the game that Joel won as Manoa and the game that I won as Manoa, it was the same thing that happened both times, which is Manoa's slow start kind of gives you cover. Because nobody really thinks about you as a big player. Yeah. But as things accelerate near the end game, <clears throat> and as people have a harder time moving forward on the AST, Manoa kind of catches up on the AST, and nobody notices. So when I played as, uh, uh, I don't remember who I played as. I think it was Hattie when we when uh, Joel won. Um, you know, I was ahead, so everybody knew, and I had traded in. I think two or three really good gold sets so people said well stop trading gold to this guy he's yeah. gonna it's gonna run away with the win and and joel ended up being the beneficiary of that because nobody noticed that he was coming up in points very so. mega yeah. yeah well you, you bring up something else that i want to talk about and joel's mentioned this before in our our external communications side chats. side chats and that is the value i think this game is the first time i think i've done it before maybe once maybe twice this game, I think I did twice or three times, which is Full wild. Sets. Full set trade-ins. Yes. And the, the the value of doing that, I think, it was just insurmountable. Or at least, like, I never felt like I was in the position where it's just like, oh, better, I got to split up. I got I to gotta cash these in. That's the other thing is just the mental satisfaction of I couldn't have done possibly any better in this set. Like, 
I have to trade it in yeah. because I need to drop my hand limit and I've got everything I could possibly get out of it. Yeah. Oh, and it was just, so it, it was just, it was very, when you look at the, like the, the cash value and we're, this is conversation has kind of been very focused on people who have already <laughs> listened to us talk about Megasiv, yeah. but you basically are the, for every city you have on the board, you get to draw a trade card from the, these uh, tiered decks and your goods are rated accordingly. And as you get more of the goods from certain decks, you, you're building a set. And let's say you want to cash in six or seven of something, they get better and better the more you hold on to or more you trade with other people or you acquire. And if you cash them in early, it's not worth nearly as much as if you hold on to all seven or all eight of them somehow. Yep. You can never lose these except if somebody raises your cities, which is pretty rare, but it happened a couple times in this game, which I thought was interesting. But... Uh, um, Stefan, did you get cash in full sets? I did. That was actually, I, I would say, one of the things that helped me at least get ahead early on was I managed to cash in an, an early full set of ochre, mm. uh, which is a, a, a one level good, yeah. which people often overlook. You know, they they, they throw it in. They as just a... throw it out. You know, ah, here, I'll just throw in some extra ochre. Or clay well, whenever or you hear you're getting an ochre, you think, oh, it's a calamity. Okay. <laughs> right, right, right. That's why but... I bump up my lie to like something level four. It's like, well, like I have no choice. But... but early on in the game, one full set of that, that's one free, relatively good technology. Yep. Um, so, and I managed to get coinage which uh, allows you to raise or lower your tax uh, your tax level, which actually turned out to be really good for me. But not really because of bad luck, but essentially it allowed me to, every other turn, I was able to buy a nine-level good, which is the most valuable type of good. Right. Um, out of my treasury, uh, I ended up getting a couple of calamities that way. Um, but <laughs> You traded the piracy. Don't I complain did, too much. I did, yeah. Jack. It was worth it. I hope it was worth it for It was it worth for it for you. me. So. <laughs> Um, but but um, yeah, trading in full sets is really good. That a uh, trade empire is a yeah. fantastic. So that's what we're all. The thing. There's a big that, variety yeah. as far as how we how we approach these technologies, yeah. and I like that there's so many different trees out <laughs> that there. We all yeah. forget which ones they do too. It's like... <laughs> and I I think I think one of the fantastic things that, that kind of adds a bit of realism to this game is that each nation does not necessarily look for the same technology no not at all um yeah. you know some I, I i was happy i didn't need agriculture uh i plenty of fertile land you know how badly but, did you need it really badly because yeah. it meant did i want to pick fights with people or did i want to be able to just easily right it helps you with in the, the desert yeah exactly you, just yeah. you've been carthage two games in a row now i don't think you ever left that continent did you you didn't no, need to. There I was went no... to Sicily. I think. No, well, we, I went once to. Once you get agriculture. Yeah. Once you get agriculture, honestly, you don't need to go anywhere else. You it's... poked a city onto one of my boots, but yeah, uh, I, I, I needed to. It. I had to. <laughs> another another interesting thing that happened in the last game that I never saw happen was we actually had somebody hit by a civil war. Yeah. That was doing so poorly <laughs> that they <laughs> that he ended up being immune out. to yeah. it. Yeah, which yeah. is maybe the best way to get hit by civil war. Yeah, I don't know. Just yeah. Try to do badly, and then so, you're immune. I thought, and here's the thing too, is that we were playing with. So it was you, me. Uh, so we had four veterans. I'd say, well, maybe you guys were were veterans. Curtis yeah. has played. This was a second game, and only six players. And it was only six players, and we had Harry and uh, Alex. And the game we started, I'd say we'd start around 10.30. I think that's a fair estimation. We finished at about 4 o'clock, maybe 4.30 if we wanted to. It was 4.30 when we finished, yeah. So that's a solid six hours for a game. That's an hour of player. We had another hour and a half maybe of the game. We were cruising, baby. Yeah, and we were using the normal AST side, which I don't think I, I said. Yeah, well, the we AST were, was really interesting. We never got hung up, a few of us. It, but it was yeah, never drastic. It's, yeah. it's not like we, we were caught up the next turn. Yeah, and it, but it wasn't like the when you play with the expert side where you hit the one area and it's like, oh good lord. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be you know five six turns before Which is we ridiculous. move on. And it's not fun in my opinion because yeah. it's just grindy. But I think I don't know whether it's because I, I think everyone was just more willing to make trades that were. It helped me. And it's helping you, so Me I'm going to trade. Help you, exactly. So I'm going to I'm going to cough up an eight or a nine, but I'm yeah. I'm getting something out of this that's like it's helping. Both of us are benefiting from this, as opposed to sitting there going, mm, "Well, it's unfair to me. I'm yeah. not getting as much out of this as I would have well, liked." Well, and yeah. we we at least within the veterans, we did a pretty good job of asking each other, "Well, how many do you have?" And <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even you know, know if that's a legal be, question. Be, so. I think it is. You don't have to answer that. You, you don't, don't have you to. You do not have to answer you, that. You definitely don't have to answer <laughs> yeah, it honestly. Yeah. But I think we, we definitely were pretty yeah. honest generally. You know, like, oh, I, I, I want this four good, uh, you know, and I'll give you a six good. Well, how many of those do you have? Right? Because if you've already got four, this, this <laughs> yeah, four good is worth a lot. But nobody you know? said, 
that's the thing is nobody said you've got four forget it T- trades off the table they said yeah. you got four so you sweep them apart a little bit yeah, yeah which yeah. is great because that way like you said i thought that the sets were really impressive at the cabin they were even better crazy people were getting oh, full yeah. sets i got three full sets jack got yeah. at least two yeah uh I there's always one player every game who gets really unlucky with calamities. I definitely got <laughs> hammered by calamities. Do you feel this like last you were game. a victim of them? Yeah? I had the I don't know if you remember. I had the one round where I drew seven cards, four of which were calamities. Yep. Two of which <laughs> were non tradable. No, yeah. And uh, at that point, I just realized, well, I might as well just trade away and. You know, who cares if I get more calamities? Uh, only two of them will apply, yeah. right? Yeah. But you know what's really frustrating about that is that, sure, you can only get hit by two of the calamities, but you've lost those trade goods. two or three of your that's trade goods. Right, and it took yeah. me a while to get back up to seven cities after those calamities as well. And that's where you get into it, too. And, uh, like, there was a moment where when I cashed in my first big set, I went straight to Wonder of the World, which I was fascinated oh, with. Because it's basically choice. one free city, so I'm always getting that trade good, and it also did some other stuff, too, but whatever. Uh, never had any exacerbating circumstances, thankfully. <laughs> um, but I was thinking there was the there was the moment there where I think we were talking about this last time where I had enough to buy one of the world, which was like two seventy, two ninety or something. It's two ninety. Like, yeah. Do I buy this or do I go get right th- to the beginning and cheap dudes? get the yeah. cheap ones that will be helping me and mitigating all this stuff? Because I'm pretty sure I had just been hit by superstition that round, yeah. which was just like reduce uh, just three super cities. Easy to mitigate. Super easy to mitigate, but right. it's like this: the horse has left the barn. So, and yeah. then for the rest of the game, I never got hit with it again. Of course, after <laughs> right. I bought other stuff, but it was like: do you spend? <laughs> you've got all these resources right now. Do you do you spread out across the board and get a bunch of stuff and the discounts, or do you go straight to the good one? Straight to you, the big one. Baby. And I think straight, straight, straight to the, the big, big one, one is the way to do it. Hundred percent. Because you're, you're although in a have bigger player game, I, I think, <laughs> in a, I think because we didn't have minor calamities in our game, I, that means there's less right. stuff going around. I think it's better with smaller groups get the big stuff. Right. Bigger groups, I think you got to mitigate those calamities because there's more of them. The frequency is. I think it high. really depends too. I mean, if you're if you're talking about wonder of the world. Early game too. You yeah, got yeah. it fairly early game, and 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 I mean the the, the compound interest on that card <laughs> well, that's is it. Yeah. massive. Um, now, if we're talking about you know, uh, I don't know, library or medicine or something like that, which is a mid mathematics, right? Which is like a medicine's a good level. One. Sure, it's good, but uh, eh, quite honestly, I if if it was a choice between medicine or or getting a bunch of the small mitigating ones, I probably yeah. would get the small mitigating ones. Um, it really de- it's hard to say beforehand right because it really depends on the game itself as well because it, you know if you're in a bad situation <laughs> and you're you know a lot of calamities are happening maybe you want the mitigating ones but i we're running out of time but like yeah. just in case you hadn't caught it from listening to us ramble about in-game things you have no idea about yeah we like this game love it Love and it, it. the worst part is too. The more we talk about it, the the more like knife in the back or the heart of people who may be interested in this <laughs> game is because it is next to impossible to find for any reasonable price. Like Mega Civ, forget about it. You could probably buy Advanced Civ cheaper yeah. than Mega Civ at this point. Which, All you can do is become friends with Jack. Yeah, but I will say, you will never see thirteen hours of your life go by so quickly and so effortlessly. And that's it. So uh, um, Harry has always been, oh, I don't know about this, 13 hours. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah. And then right after we were done, he was talking about it the whole time, or maybe I was talking at him. I'm not he's, sure. He's been a hard no for so long. Yeah. yeah. We snuck it on we him almost it. because we said we were going to play another game and we show up. Oh, and now, you know, the next day, he's just spending all of his time reading the Megasif strategy. And I will say, as far as I know, no one we've ever played with has ever complained Nobody. that it took too long. Everybody well, has... Is that, is that I, I'd say the cottage game by the end there, like we were starting to it see on, some... Yeah. And I think Mark was checked out. Uh, yeah. I, he he held with it for like 12 hours. Yeah, yeah. Can, and a lot of people were having trouble. But just like yeah. the game we played was so, yeah. so quick that so it's quick. impossible to feel like... Because again, we mentioned I mentioned the, the Twilight Imperium that we played. It it felt like Twice six hours. Yeah. Yeah. That was, was just... Oh my God. It was rough. But that's the thing. We could have gone through the full game in seven or eight hours, which is insane for Megasiv. It's really impressive. And with two new people, too. So it will be interesting to see what happens with the next one. 18 players. We're going going full tilt. We'll see. Can't wait. Can't wait. I'm Jack. I'm Joel. 
I'm Stefan. Thank you for listening to Android's Dungeon, CFRU 93.3 FM. Check us out on all the podcast services. Android's Dungeon. Do not be fooled by imitators. There's one or two out there, but they stink. You'll know instantly when you look at them. They stink! Keep listening.